At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Happy Friday, TGIF as always. Danielle Alvari here and very excited uh, to get into it today because we have a three-parter on today's podcast. We'll start, of course, with our MLB action. Give the LA team some love. Cubs at Dodgers going on on Friday and Angels at Orioles. And then part two, Jonathan Davis, host of Ice Cap on Sirius XM NHL Network Radio, will join to discuss the LA Kings hiring Manon Riom as hockey operations and prospect advisor, a.k.a. if you don't know who this is, like I just learned about who this person is today. Spent a lot of time reading about this so that you guys can learn about this if you didn't know. Uh, the first and only woman to play in the NHL. Did you know about this? I, d- I didn't know about this. This is very exciting. Uh, plus some recent trades that the Kings have seen as well. Yes, we're in hockey offseason, but this this was cool news. And then, of course, we'll get into the WNBA All-Star Weekend preview. And I'll wrap up uh, how this week leading into the All-Star went as far as bets for the WNBA. But first, we'll take a look at some LA odds, of course, at Bet River Sportsbook. You can find these. Let's start with the Angels, who are in action versus the Orioles, 4.05 p.m. Pacific time. And the Angels, plus 123 on the money line. For good reason. The Orioles minus 143. The run line here for the Angels. So getting one and a half runs at minus 167. The Orioles laying one and a half runs at plus 135. And the total for this game set at eight. As for the Dodgers, you got to come to expect 
these minus 200 or more money lines. And here it is Cubs host, or excuse me, Dodgers hosting the Cubs here, 7, 10 PM Pacific time. And the Dodgers are minus 235 on the money line. The Cubs are plus 190. And then on the run line, Cubs minus 115, the Dodgers minus 108. And the total for this game sitting at eight and a half. Wouldn't be shocked to see an over here, but not where I'm looking, actually. We'll get into that in just a moment. Uh, the LA Sparks were actually in action on Thursday night against the Storm, the Seattle Storm, and I retract what I said when Calvin Wetzel, the lovely Calvin Wetzel, was on the pod the other day, and we were talking about how we can't fade the LA Sparks anymore. You absolutely can. They looked horrible. They looked horrific. I'm sorry. I know this is an LA podcast, but I have to keep it real with you guys. Um, just to keep in mind, too, that Bet Rivers does have some variety for your baseball betting, new same game parlays. Every game this baseball season, you can combine game bets and player props, which is cool. You can't always do that uh, with different books, but you can do it with Bet Rivers and create your perfect Bet Rivers combo. So whether you're looking to increase your payouts on favorites, which, you know, respect or make your own long shot that's fun too you can be a recreational better no one's judging here you can add a little extra spice to your game with same game parlays at bet rivers online sportsbook so just download bet river sportsbooks app and get your baseball same game parlay on if that's your flavor speaking of baseball let's get into it uh, the angels at the orioles now the angels have been horrendous on the road Four and seventeen record over their last 21 games away from home so no shock that they Dropped another one, if you will, on Thursday. The Orioles came into the series on a four-game winning streak. Make that five. Uh, they're now 22-17, and 17, so well above, uh, or just above 500 uh, at home this season. Specifically at home, not necessarily. There were three games back, I believe, from 500 before their win on Thursday. But 22-17 and 17 at home this season. Tenth best in the MLB, for point of reference. The... Cream of the crop for the Angels is still rising to the top, if you will. Mike Trout and Shohei Otani both continuing to play MVP-level baseball. Uh, Otani, by the way, on Wednesday struck out 10 batters and didn't give up an earned run in seven innings. Uh, the bet that we gave out on that show was one under one and a half earned runs at plus 105. I do feel like, and I'm going to call myself out here, that I've talked a lot about baseball lately, and it can get a little monotonous, and I'm right there with you. But, first of all, we're lucky to have it. <laughs> As this person who works in sports, we're lucky to have it to talk about. It's America's pastime. Get into it. But if you're not, I was covering baseball and focusing on run line, money line, total. We were just looking at those. And that's just not as fun, especially with baseball. There's so many props you can look at. And I would argue, as would probably Arielle Epstein, who does a great job covering props for Yahoo Sportsbook. She's a great follow if you haven't followed her. Also does work with MLB Network. Uh, that props are fun. She is the self-dub uh, prop queen. So we've been looking a little bit more into those, and lo and behold, this one cashes. So I was looking at a way to bet on Shohei Otani because he is just playing MVP caliber baseball, which is what we would expect from an AL MVP from last year. And it's tough because most of the odds were juiced minus 150 or higher. Again, everyone has different tolerance on how much they want to lay. Again, if we're brand new here, minus 150 would just mean if you bet $100, you'd have to bet $150 to win $100, right? So laying that 150, as opposed to finding a bet at, you know, a dime line, minus 110, where you could lay 110 to win $100. So that little bit of juice there added on the VIG for the sports book. So with that in mind, minus 150, not something I'm super interested in betting. Uh, you can, and especially as we go into what the actual value is of the line, if you think that that thing is more likely to happen around minus 180 and it's at minus 150, 
then yeah, there's a little bit of value there. So you can get really deep with it. But really all I was looking for here to keep it simple was some plus money. Okay. Some plus money so that if you, uh, for example, laid a hundred dollars, you would win 105. If the bet is at plus 105, like the under one and a half earned run was for Shohei Otani. He hadn't allowed, like I said, an earned run in seven innings on Wednesday. Uh, he hasn't allowed an earned run in his last four games straight, I believe now. So yes, that under one and a half earned run at plus 105. There was a run, but it wasn't earned. So that's great. We love to see that. And this was given out on My Guys in the Desert too, which was a lot of fun to jump on and, and get to guest hosts on VSIN on Wednesday. I'll also be doing that in the studio. I'll be in Vegas next Wednesday. So that means actually a little bit messy with the podcast schedule next week. I've gotten way off track here, but my point was the prop we gave out on the last show did hit. And it's good to look around the board for a little bit of better value, especially if you're like, hey, the only thing going right on this team is Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. So how do I bet on that? Uh, by the way, we talk about Shohei Otani's MVP, AL, Cy Young uh, odds. Where do you even look here? Because this guy's incredible. Uh, on Wednesday, like I said, through seven innings, two hit baseball, struck out 10, gave up a run, but was unearned. And he also had a huge two RBI hit that gave the Angels the lead in the fifth inning. He is the only thing you can count on to save the Angels, and he can't even do it by himself. But just even these stats that we're seeing on both sides of the ball, it's, it's unbelievable. In early June, actually, he gave up eight hits and four runs over three innings against the Yankees, we may remember back. And after that, his ERA jumped up to 3.99, and we saw the AL Cy Young odds drop all the way down to 40-1. to 1. So if you grabbed him at 40-1, to 1, genius, right? But in its last five starts, Otani's gone... Just over almost 34 innings while giving up just one earned run. Over his last four starts, he hasn't given up an earned run. He's got 46 strikeouts in his last five starts and 34 over his last three starts. He's 10 to 1 at Bet Rivers right now for the AL Cy Young odds. And if you want to look at him for AL MVP, the award he won last year, he's at plus 225. Now, there's been a lot of buzz this week around Jordan Alvarez. He's now down to plus 650 on Bet Rivers, and all of this chatter um, that I was hearing, and I say chatter like it's not valuable, but from the handicappers that I like to listen to and trust and also work with VSIN, uh, that Jordan Alvarez was a great steal when he was up in these double digits. People were finding him at 15 to 1, 10 to 1 even, and they were saying if you could still get him in double digits to grab that, and we're seeing that effect now because he's down to plus 650. He's a problem. He is a problem right now in the best possible way. But Shohei Otani, AL Cy Young, 10 to 1. It's unfortunate because, again, they were 40 to 1, not but a month or two ago. And here we are at 10 to 1. I'm not expecting regression, but it's a long season. Here you have it. But my whole point was Shohei Otani. How fun. How fun that we get to talk about him, even when the Angels are a dumpster fire. Uh, Reed Detmers will be on the mound for them on Friday. Injury to Michael Lorenzen, just what the Angels need. That means Detmers is back up. He was down to AAA uh, in Salt Lake last month. While he was there, he kind of figured out why he wasn't able to throw his slider. That's been his best pitch up until this season. All of a sudden, something was off. So apparently, he's been able to figure that out. Lorenzen, unfortunately, placed on the injured list with a shoulder strain. They don't know how severe that is until after they get the MRI results. But Detmers threw his slider uh, in AAA uh, and... Last year, at an average of, what, 85.6 miles per hour. This season, 82.9 miles per hour. Uh, so not really the same. Even last season, it generated mm, whiffs at about 29% of swings. And this year, 162 So quite a drop-off. You'd like to get that slider back in the mix. 
Um, but he did have that no hitter back on May 10th, went down to AAA since then two weeks ago, now back up. He's pitched five or more innings in only two of his last six games since that no hitter. So I would be surprised if he went deep here, but I hope that he's feeling up to it and we'll get some good innings out of him. Tyler Wells will be opposite him. Also a right-handed pitcher here. Uh, well, Reed Detmers is a left-handed pitcher, but Tyler Wells is a right-handed pitcher who is performing incredibly well given that he had Tommy John elbow reconstruction in 2019 because he's now the Orioles' most reliable starter if you look at it. 3.09 ERA over 16 starts, and most recently, as in the last game, established a new career high with seven strikeouts and allowed just one run on three hits. Obvious going to look at the Orioles here. And like I said, only around minus 130 or so is a favorite on the money line. I don't have much to add beyond that, except for, again, I would be surprised if we saw Reed Detmers go five, six innings. So even a first five with the Orioles would be worth a look. Also, before we move on to the Dodgers, I just had to put this little title up here. Here comes the sun. Phil Nevin, who's not necessarily everybody's favorite person in baseball right now for some perhaps immature uh, things that have been done as of recently. The interim manager after Joe Madden was fired of the Angels. Uh, he was serving his 10-game suspension for his part in that bench-clearing brawl with the Mariners. But because of that suspension, he was able to sit and watch his son Tyler before Thursday's game. His son Tyler plays for the Orioles. And he got to just sit and enjoy as a dad and watch his son for the first time in a major league game. Now he's going to be finding himself back into the Angels dugout after his suspension ends here. Uh, so he could be game planning against his son and become the first manager in five years and just the second in 18 years to face off against his own kid. So are we going to bet this? Are we going to bet on him fading? Like, are we going to fade his son here? Because uh, Nevin pointed out it was kind of awkward that when they were doing their pregame advanced meeting and they were discussing like how to get his own kid out and he said that he wasn't going to hold back and giving the Angels whatever they needed to get his son out. Yeah, of course. Hopefully, you hope so. Um, he said that back in the day, he didn't ever let him win at Monopoly or in the pool or anything like that. So uh, he said he's not ready to start now. Is there an angle there? Is there a way to be like, man, they're going to strike this kid out because his dad is going to give them all the info they need to do it? Maybe. Either way. Let's move on. The Dodgers uh, are hosting the Cubs on Friday. And they won on Thursday, 5-3, to three, cashed that run line, minus 135, I believe, is what that was set at. So that was a nice one. I think I did one and a half units just to get a little bit of bang there. And Tony Gonsolin, more consistent than just about any other Dodgers pitcher. He's only allowed more than two earned runs in a start this season. And he hasn't allowed, excuse me. He has not allowed more than two earned runs in a start this season. Has only allowed six total runs since the start of June, not even earned. Now, the Dodgers have been rolling heading into this, you know, all-star break coming up. They've won eight of their last nine games, one loss to the Padres mixed in there, and believe it or not, Kershaw was on the mound for that, I believe, for seven innings. Now, on Friday, we have Tyler Anderson, the lefty, versus Keegan Thompson of the Cubs. Uh, Tyler Anderson has been a little bit dropping off for me unfortunately as ERA has been creeping up for the last two months or so of the season which is maybe to be expected at this point but he has allowed three or more earned runs in three of his last five games and before that he'd only allowed it once in the first 10 games he pitched so a little bit of drop off there for Tyler Anderson but still gets the job done to that effect Keegan Thompson on the other hand has allowed at least two earned runs in five of his last seven He's allowed four or more hits, so if you were looking to bet how many hits he's going to allow as far as props go, 
uh, in five of his last seven, four or more hits, and then three or more hits in six of his last seven. So you're going to probably see that number right around that three to four mark. And honestly, if it's four and a half, three and a half, definitely look over four and a half. Maybe. I mean, he's against this Dodgers team. Yeah, I would feel comfortable going over that four and a half. He also was limited to four innings the last time he pitched on Sunday. And he did throw six innings in three games straight before that. So that was more of a result of poor defense of the Cubs part, I think, than him pitching that four. Um, but I don't, I don't think this is going to be the strongest performance necessarily. And that's why you're seeing, again, the Dodgers with Tyler Anderson on the mound at minus 235. No shade to Tyler Anderson, but he's he's not Tony Consolin. He's not Clayton Kershaw. Uh, and Keegan Thompson, by the way, has allowed at least two hits in 11 straight games pitched. At least two hits. And he's allowed four or more hits in nine of 13. So... If you want to go over on his hits prop, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate that either. Um, I'm going to look to the Dodgers to get this one done, just like the money line is suggesting. In the 11 games that Tyler Anderson has started, dating back to the start of May, by the way, which was against the Cubs, believe it or not, the Dodgers won nine of those games, nine of 11, with Tyler Anderson starting. And again, going five or six innings here, there was only one game where he only pitched three innings, and there was one where he went seven. So we're really, I mean, he was in there for five or six innings. Every single one of those nine wins was by more than two runs. The last time that he pitched against the Cubs, like I said, was May 7th, and they won 6-2. to two. I think you're safe to go Dodgers run line here at minus 108. I do, and it's greedy, and you can only get away with it with these incredible bolstered teams like the Dodgers and perhaps the Yankees. Uh, but I, I think Dodgers run line minus 108 sounds great to me. If you want to play it a little bit safer and lay that minus 235, absolutely. Hop on that. Uh, that's what we got for baseball today. We're going to sneak in some hockey next. Jonathan Davis, host of Ice Cap on Sirius XM NHL Network Radio, going to hop on the pod to discuss the Kings' recent addition to their staff and some trades. That and more coming up on the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Baseball is here, and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the season. Place a three-leg same-game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the Bet Rivers app or go to BetRivers.com. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Danielle Vari still here and very pleased to welcome in our next guest, Jonathan Davis, host of Ice Cap at Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. You can find him on Twitter at West Coast HKY, so hockey. Uh, Jonathan, thanks so much for making the time today. Some news came out on Thursday. I had to get you on the show. Well, thank you for having me. And yeah, big news. Uh, you know, Manon Rayon uh, joins the Los Angeles Kings and for those of you, the name may sound familiar. She was she is the only female ever to play in the NHL. Um, yeah, you know it, it goes back. And here's some irony, uh, Danielle. It was 30 years ago at the draft in Montreal, where Phil Esposito, who was the running the Tampa Bay Lightning at the time, approached Manon about coming to the Lightning for a tryout. And now, fast forward 30 years later, it's the draft in Montreal, and the LA Kings announce her. Uh, adding her to their uh, scouting and advisory staff. Yeah, it's it's a crazy story. And it's funny because you bring up that story about the Tampa Bay Lightning. And, and I think it came out that that was actually like a PR stunt a little bit. But 
she didn't care because it got her in the door, whatever's going to work. And of course, like you said, signed that contract with the Tampa Bay Lightning and appeared in a preseason exhibition game in 92, 93. Incredible. I mean, this is just, and, and I feel so like, I, I wasn't even aware of this. I didn't know that a woman had played in the NHL. I think this is be surprising news to a lot of people, but it's right there at the top of her Twitter bio if you click on it. Um, and it was kind of a cool story. I saw a video on uh, that a local news station did on her about how she grew up in Quebec and her dad was a hockey coach and kind of put her in with the boys, put a helmet on her to kind of hide that she was a girl and eventually a coach just decided to take a chance on her but it just goes to show you I think I think people don't realize I think they don't associate women with hockey as much so it's really cool to see that the Kings have put her into this hockey operations and prospect advisor role what do you think that means for the Kings well just one thing I do want to touch upon yeah her mother Manon's mother a couple of years ago found some old paperwork from the lightning which actually laid out like a four-year five-year plan for her growth through the organization um, it was so, I, you know, it, to some it was a PR stunt. Her numbers, her, her statistical numbers at, at her first training camp were off the charts. Okay, yeah. so what this means for LA? It might have started as a PR stunt, but it didn't yeah. end up that way. I think it ended up great. She definitely opened some eyes. Um, yeah. You know, for LA, you know, the thing with Manon is that she has been. She's got two kids that play hockey. Shocking, isn't oh, wow. it? No, yeah. She's got one. one <laughs> That's what you play. love about hockey. It's a, it's such a family sport. Yeah, she is a hockey mom, and she's uh, one of her sons is a goalie, and one of her sons is a defenseman. Um, and she's got a, what, her youngest son is playing for the U.S. Uh, development team in Michigan, where she is living. Uh, but she, you know, I'll tell you, I've reached out to her over the years because her knowledge of players uh, currently in the NHL and that are you know on their way to the NHL is bang on. Um, so what the LA Kings get is someone. You know, man or woman that knows the game, knows how to evaluate players, uh, and having two kids. And her, she also, her brother was also uh, a player in the NHL. So this is this is real hockey lineage for her. She knows the game. I think she can offer. You know, she, I know she can offer a lot of great insight to players. Uh, and for her, the big thing, Danielle, is that you know she did not want this to be a part-time gig. She told yeah. she, she made it quite clear that if she was going to do this, she is going full bore. So her responsibility will be uh, covering players that the, that are King's prospects in the Michigan area, as well as through parts of Ontario across the border. Right, because most recently she worked with Bally Sports Detroit as an analyst and reporter for the Detroit Red Wings as well. And like your as to your point, she's also coached previously, so she's just got the entire hockey resume that you would want. Yeah, well, she developed, created and developed the women's youth program for the Detroit Red Wings. So she wow. has this ability, you know, th there's where the experience is of someone who knows how to develop players. I don't care whether it's at the youth level or at the NHL level or at the junior level. You know, she's got that background. And uh, I, I think that, you know, it's taken her longer to get to the NHL primarily because she was raising two kids. And mm -hmm. uh, she's going to stay in the Michigan area, from my understanding, at least while her son plays for two years for the development team. After that, I wouldn't be surprised if she then moves to Los Angeles and, and, and expands her role. Well, it's an incredible moment, obviously, for a trailblazer in this sport. And so I obviously wanted to talk about that here. But I know that we also have some updates with uh, as far as the Kings making a little bit of, of movement, a little bit of trades. And I know that you said that some of this is a little perplexing. <laughs> Well, you know, here, here's the thing. They made a trade for a player from the Minnesota. They, they acquired a player from the Minnesota Wild named Kevin Fiala, who does, who's a, a you know, almost a, you know, he's a point of game player. He scores 30, 
30 plus goals. But they paid him for seven years, and he's going to be their third highest paid player on the team. And, you know, I I understand why, but it's, it, the seven-year commitment, I, I think, is, to me, it's a little... You better hope he. You better hope that he they achieve success. I think within the first three years, because I think the contract at seven plus million a year could get very old. And we've seen that whether it's hockey, basketball, baseball, long term deals can get can look really bad. You know, in the back half of the contract, it makes them better on the ice. There's no question. He he, he definitely fills a void for them. Um, but it is interesting because it what it does is it continues to push their prospects down and. You know, they've got what's been rated as one of the top, if not the best prospect pool in the NHL, but mm. they don't have a forward that's been able to take one of those roles in the top six where you'd like to see, you know, a dynamic player. Uh, and that's the thing that I think is probably frustrating and to, to the prospects. And maybe their prospects are not as good as they thought they were. But at least they have Manon Riom now to come in and help with the hockey prospects. Yes. <laughs> it's the good news. Yes. Um, just, yeah, it's incredible to hear about that, obviously. And uh, also, I feel like one of the issues that it seems like, and of course, you would know a lot better than I would because I definitely don't follow hockey as closely um, or cover it like you do, <laughs> but that the Kings were dealing with injuries last year. And when we brought on Andy McNeil, who's one of our VEASAN hockey betting analysts, he would talk about how this was a young, talented team. They were up and coming maybe in the next couple of years it would be their year. Do you think that it was just due to... Uh, really adversity and injuries that they didn't have a more successful season this last year? Well, I think the injuries, yes, played a part in it. But, Danielle, I would argue that this team is maybe closer to the playoffs but further away from winning a championship. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, look, they had a great year. And and full marks to the coaching staff for being able to get, you know, what they did. I mean, look, they, at one point, their top six defensemen playing in the NHL all started out in the minors. That's how depleted they were. So it, it was a good year for this team. But again, I'm still trying to understand what the plan is because, you know, their two best players are in their mid-30s. And, uh, you know, I just don't know where, I, you know, I think they're kind of dipping their toe in the water to some degree. Uh, we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, definitely a successful season last year. I'm just not sure how close they really are because I think the teams they're competing with, especially in Vegas, will be better this year. And, and you know, I think uh, no one expected Vegas not to make the playoffs uh, mm -hmm. as well as maybe a team like Vancouver would be better. So we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see where, the, where things go with Los Angeles. Have you looked ahead at all to the odds for next year? I know that hockey season is wrapped up, uh, but have you looked ahead at all? I have looked ahead, but, you know, Danielle, for I think right now to make a, a, a wager on something, I mean, football too, there's just too many unknowns. We just don't know roster yep. composition right now. So I, I would rather wait, you know, let, let's see what happens come training camp. And then, look, you know, you may not get the price as good as it was now, quite likely, but I, I think that we, you know, I just think it's too early. You're really throwing a dart and, and hoping it lands in the right spot. Do you feel like, because obviously football is king as it comes to sports betting, and we know that basketball does really well as, as as well, and there's all these four major sports, of course, we include baseball and hockey, but do you feel like hockey betting has expanded, and I think that it's actually gotten a huge boost from them adding that Vegas franchise? I think it has. I think the, the exposure on both uh, TNT and ESPN has been a big help. Look, it will never, it'll never reach what, what football is 
Um, I, I think that from a value standpoint, look, I can remember, God, it goes back maybe 10, 15 years ago, interviewing uh, the, one of the guys at Caesars uh, at the sports book. And he said to me, from a value standpoint, there's no better sport to bet on than hockey. Because really, you know, you just, you, you don't have to worry about, uh, you know, God, did my team win by five points or six points? Really, you're betting them to win. Yes, you can bet the puck line like you can bet the run line in, in baseball. But really, from a value standpoint, I, I think it's, it is really one of the best sports to bet on. And, uh, you know, look, we've, we saw some great trends that, uh, that Josh Applebaum had actually pointed out throughout the year that were very, very profitable. And again, you, you know, you're not worrying about just win the game. Just win the darn game. That's really all you have to worry about with hockey. And that's why I, I think it's a great sport to bet on. Yeah, and Josh Applebaum, a great resource to your point, who's the sports betting reporter for VSIN. And it's funny you say that because I actually think that hockey is probably one of my favorite things to watch in person. I definitely would go to a hockey game if you've never been. And also, first period overs are so much fun to bet in hockey. So I like what you mean, just straightforward here with hockey. And if you're looking to get in on just some easy sports betting action, yes or no, goal to be scored or not to be scored, I think hockey is where you look. Danielle, you don't have to wait for the first period over. Go for a goal in the first 9.30. I mean, story. Oh, yeah. Hockey, we're jumping all over those throughout the year. Yeah, it, that, that's you know that's kind of like the NBA. You know, look, we had a chance to meet it during the tournament. And what was better than betting, you know, like, you know, the first team to reach 10 or 15 or 20 points at the tournament? I mean, the, the you know, the circuit was Instant just rush. Yes, I'm, I completely agree with you. And it's funny you say that because actually during hockey season, one of my favorites to bet was goal to be scored in the first 10 minutes on a Vegas Golden Knights game because let me tell you, it hit more often than not. Um, but thank you so much, uh, Jonathan. Obviously a wealth of knowledge. We'll have to have you back on the show. Maybe during hockey season would be smart, but we love having you when the news breaks. So thank you so much for joining. Thank you, Danielle. Much appreciated. Continue the, the success. Yes, well, we'll have him back on soon. And coming up, we have to talk about the WNBA. It's All-Star Weekend right here on the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Still your host, Danielle Avari, ready to talk WNBA All-Star Weekend going on this weekend. Very excited. Unfortunate that I don't have the odds up yet to get into those, but we're going to break everything down that you're going to need to know going into it. So before we look to this year... Let's look back to the historically poor total line that was made for 2021. It sounds weird because it was actually an Olympic year, even though it was a 2021, because we know because of the pandemic. But the format was very different than what we'll see this year with the two captains. It was Team USA versus the WNBA All-Stars, who were not selected for the national team. Uh they lost. Team USA lost 93 to 85 because they were playing a bunch of players who were not selected, including six time All Star Candace Parker and all WNBA forward Jonquil Jones. So, do you think they were a little fired up for this one? And obviously, it was a tune up game for Team USA going into the Olympics. So, usually in an All Star game, we're thinking, yeah, highfalutin, high flying, high scoring. No, no, no. Defense was played. Defense was played. So, here's the unfortunate thing the. Total was set at about 250. That's what most sports books open with. And I believe Circus Sportsbook was one of the first ones to open it. And it moved 53, 60 points down to 178 because the final score was again 93 to 85. So more than 70 points under what that 250 total was. And Matt Metcalf, odds maker at Circus Sportsbooks, did a great job of taking accountability for this. And he tweeted out this may be semantics, but I feel like it's important to distinguish between an error and a bad number. 
No mistake was made here. I made a horrific number, hung it, took bets, wasn't the first one, and won't be the last. However, historically, it may be the worst. So that is why I felt important to mention again before we talk about this coming one, because the odds makers get it wrong sometimes. And you better believe there was really sharp WNBA bettors who hammered the under on this and cashed a bunch of money because of that error. And, uh, or excuse me, bad number, not an error, as Matt pointed out. I thought that was really big of him to say, too. Hey, I'm going to wear this. This is a bad number I put out. So I don't think we'll get this lucky with the uh, numbers this year. I think they'll be paying a little bit closer attention, perhaps. But it was so fun to watch last year because, again, it was a bunch of players who weren't selected for Team USA that got snubbed just trying to whoop Team USA. And they won. They won by eight. And uh, now we look ahead to this year. And... It's going to be a good game from what I can tell here, at least in terms of the the lineup. So if we take a look here, uh, standouts to note, of course, Atlanta Dream Guard Ryan Howard, who was first overall pick. Uh, Sabrina Ionescu will be in there. Kelsey Plum has been on fire with the Aces. Jackie Young. This is all first-time All-Stars for them, so that's really exciting. Uh, Asia Wilson, one of the All-Star captains, her second time doing that. She's going to be leading her team, of course, with her co-captain, Sue Bird, who's playing in her final season. Uh, and then... Uh, on the opposite side, we have Brianna Stewart as the captain of her team and with her co-captain, Sylvia Fowles, who will also be playing her final season. Why? Please, Sylvia, no. And when we look at the lineups between these two teams, I at first was like, wow, these are really evenly balanced. And then I looked a little closer and was like, it's Team Wilson all the way for me. It just is. Uh, if we take a look at the starters for Asia Wilson's team, it's Asia Wilson and Sylvia Fowles and Candace Parker. That's that's mean. That's just mean. I mean, of course, these are players who haven't played together, so it'll be interesting to see how it actually gels. But that is a filthy, filthy front court. Then you have Kelsey Plum and Sabrina Ionescu as your starters in the backcourt. Kelsey Plum's been incredible this season with the Aces. She's also participating in the three-point shooting contest. And Sabrina Ionescu has been doing just about everything for the New York Liberty. It's going to be actually probably nice for her to have some... More, I'm sorry, Natasha Howard, and I'm sorry, Stephanie Dolson, but more effective help in the paint and somebody getting rebounds, you know, besides her, because Sabrina Inescu has been doing it all for the Liberty, and she's going to continue to do so. This team, Asia Wilson, also has Ryan Howard from The Dream, we were just talking about, incredible breakout season, uh, Derek Hamby of the Aces, Courtney Vandersloot of the Chicago Sky. How Courtney Vandersloot is not even one of your starters. Are you kidding me? Her coming in with Candace Parker. Ariel Atkins, too, from the Washington Mystics. Incredible. Also in the three-point shooting contest. Brianna Jones of the Connecticut Sun. And then Natasha Howard of the New York Liberty. So that is Asia Wilson's team. Brianna Stewart's team on the other side. Obviously, Brianna Stewart in the front court there. Uh, complemented by Jonquil Jones of the Connecticut Sun, former MVP from last year. And Neka Ogumike, of course, as well from the LA Sparks. Sue Bird and Jackie Young in the backcourt. Love me some Sue Bird, and there is no no replacing her, but I don't think she's going to be able to keep up with Asia's team, and uh, Jackie Young of the Aces has been MVP level this season, even missing a couple games, so that is going to be a huge spark to this team. Brianna Stewart can virtually make any team a championship winning team. That is how elite she has been. So between Stewart and Jackie Young, that's a lot of firepower. John Quill Jones has not been playing up to her standards of excellence, we will say. Sue Bird, too. I mean, last season, 
Um, but I'm, I'm going to leave it at that to stay respectful. Uh, and NECA Ogumike, the Sparks have been abysmal. NECA has been trying to pull that together for them a little bit more, but she's been really inconsistent as well. Uh, further down the roster, beyond the starters, we have Jewel Lloyd of the Storm. That's going to be a great, uh, reliable piece for this team. Kalea Copper of Chicago Sky. She's spicy. She's going to want this one bad, especially against Candace Parker and Courtney Vandersloot on the other side. Skylar Diggins-Smith, who could not have looked more miserable in her game against uh, the Liberty on Thursday night. The Mercury did end up winning by two, but the fact that it was only by two and the Liberty, I believe, got into... We're playing a back-to-back -back game on Thursday and got in at 4.30 in the morning for that game and still gave them a run for their money on a back-to-back -back with basically no rest. Forget about it. This this Mercury are just in trouble right now. Skylar looks miserable. Maybe she'll feel a little bit happier being on this all-star team for a night. And then Alyssa Thomas of the Connecticut Sun also on there. Arike Ugumbuale, who's also in the three-point shooting contest. And Emma Meesman of the Chicago Sky, who's been incredible as well. Incredible lineups. I still think that I'm going to look towards Team Wilson here. And, of course, you know, always look for a live bet as well. But I'm definitely looking to get in on Wilson's team at the start. And I think we'll get a pretty even line here uh, to get in on this. Also, the three-point contest. I have to talk about this. So this was one of my favorite things to bet on last year. I bet on Jonquil Jones, I believe. And I'm just – I should have looked it up before. But I think it was 9-1. to one. And I also took Allie Quigley, who has participated in this contest five times. She was of the Chicago Sky and has won this three times. Three times. Nobody's won it three times, except for Allie Quigley. She wasn't going to participate. After she won last year, she said, I'm done. You know, let's let ever people, other people have fun here. Now the All-Star Game is in Chicago, and all of a sudden it's like, well, I guess I could roll up for that. Especially because Courtney Vandersloot, her uh, beloved, if you will, is also playing in the All-Star Game. So why not? You know, you're going to be there anyways, cheering her on. So you might as well get your action as well with the three-point contest. So lo and behold... She has come back for a sixth contest, perhaps winning her fourth ever. She's going to be probably heavily favored here, but maybe not because the stats don't really back her up for this season. She missed a couple games at the start of the season, was dealing with some kind of, I believe it was a shoulder, but some kind of upper body thing going on with her and hasn't quite looked herself, has not been shooting volume threes. And is her technique impeccable? Yes. Has she won this contest three times? Yes. So how much does that factor in versus recent form, right? That makes me a little bit more hesitant with Allie Quigley as opposed to last year. Last year I had her and John Quell. I think Allie was much shorter, maybe two to one, three to one if I was lucky. And that did end up cashing at least. I wished it was John Quell because I believe John Quell got second. John Quell, yes, a front court player, uh, getting second in that contest, not even participating this year, unfortunately. But that was unfortunate because obviously she was at nine to one. All of that to say, if you want an Allie Quigley ticket, how do you not? But it's going to be very short, I would imagine, just due to history, not so much recency. Uh, beyond that, and again, just to point out too, before we move on past Allie Quigley, her three-point shooting percentage this season, 34.1. So still stellar, given that she's not shooting that many of them, are very solid at least. Last season, 45%. So it is 11% lower than last season. Now, the year before that, we also saw a 34%. But if we look from 2017 to 2019, 43%, 42%, 44%. So she's got a significant drop-off here of at least 10% from years past. That's just something to keep in mind. 
If we look elsewhere on the board, Ariel Atkins from the Washington Mystics, 37.7% three-point shooting percentage. Now, last year, I even dug a little bit deeper into these games and was looking at specific corner threes because if you don't know how the three-point shooting contest actually works, they get 70 seconds to make as many shots as they can. The three players with the highest score in the first round advance to the championship round, and then the player with the highest score in the championship round is the winner, of course. Uh, the three-point contest... Uh, there's five racks with five balls each spaced out around the arc. Four of the racks have four regular balls worth one point and one money ball worth two points. Those money balls were clutch last year. Uh, one of the racks will be the money ball rack and just have five straight money balls worth two points. And there will also be a Mountain Dew Dew Zone that is way beyond the three-point line and will contain one special Mountain Dew Zone ball worth three points. So farther than that three-point line, but worth three points. So that's how that one works. And so when I was looking at this last year, I looked at like corner threes and where they were making their threes from as well. I mean, you could definitely model this to death to figure out who's been shooting the best. Uh, and I'll definitely dig a little bit more deeper into this leading into this actual event. But the person who jumps out to me here, Jewel Lloyd shooting the highest three-point shooting percentage of the participants. So Jewel Lloyd at 38.4% three-point shooting percentage. She's been really consistent, and that's what I'm looking for in the three-point shooting contest beyond the actual beautiful shooting form, of course. She also participated in 2021 and 2018. This is the first year for Atkins, uh, for Ryan Howard, Arike, and Kelsey Plum. Now, Arike could have something to prove here, too, and also 37.2% three-point shooting percentage for her. And we know how good she is under pressure as well. We've seen that time and time again. And when she gets going, they just drop. So a lot of great options here. Weirdly enough, Kelsey Plum shooting at 42% three-point shooting percentage. And I hope she makes me eat these words because there's nobody I enjoy watching more this year than Kelsey Plum. She's been absolutely stellar for the Aces. She'll be in the All-Star game. I can't wait to watch her. I don't think she's... I mean, she'll take eight threes a game in the last three or four games and make three, four of them, which is fine in game, of course. Unguarded, that's a completely different situation. I'd be interested to see how she looks in this three-point shooting contest. But for whatever reason, even though she's got the highest three-point shooting percentage of all of the participants here at 42%, I don't think I'm going to be looking at Kelsey Plum. Of course, I say that and I'm like, watch, watch. I'm going to be like, oh, I'll just sprinkle something on Kelsey Plum. No, I, I think that I lean towards Jewel Lloyd for this. And honestly, Allie Quigley, because she's done this before. I'm going to lean on experience a little bit here. I really am. Uh, so I'll, I'll look probably Jewel Lloyd, Allie Quigley for this one, even though I would totally understand if you want a Kelsey Plum ticket. She's been phenomenal. Lots to bet on. Very exciting times for WNBA All-Star Weekend. That's all I got for you guys today. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Danielle Avari, and I'll tweet out what I think is worth tweeting out. To that point, I went 4-0 on my bets leading into Thursday night. And it was 2-0 and 2-0 between two different nights, but two different games. So betting a side and a total and getting that right for two different games. That was exciting. That was great. All of that to say, Thursday rolled around and somebody tweeted at me, hey, what do you what do you like tonight? I purposely didn't tweet it out because I didn't wasn't in love with anything. I didn't see a big edge on the board. That said, there's such thing as recreational betting. And I wanted to have some action on the Thursday night game. So I did get involved. Somebody asked me on Twitter. I told them what I was on. 
And unfortunately, the two bets that I gave them were totals and they were unders and they did not hit. Both games went over. Surprise, surprise. Before an all-star game, there wasn't a lot of defense. Uh, teams were playing on back-to-backs. I thought we would see a little bit of fatigue. We did not. And with that in mind, I try to only tweet out bets that I'm like, yeah, guys. I mean, I'm always going to keep track of every bet I make and put that in my spreadsheet and keep track of my record. But as far as like giving you guys bets, I would only like to put them out if I feel like there's something that I think that you should definitely jump on with me versus I want to have some action tonight. Yeah, cool. So if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'll tweet out something if I like it. I'll tell you what I got. Otherwise, I will see you back here on Monday for a new show of the Los Angeles CityCast. Also next week, we'll have Monday, Tuesday, and Friday episodes because... I'll be in Las Vegas next week doing some work with VSIN. Very exciting. So, Monday, Tuesday, Friday next week. We'll see you then for more of the Los Angeles City Cast presented by Bet River Sports.